Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You are at your favorite spot, the best podcast on the planet, in the universe. (laughs) This is the place right here where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Today we have Grace Lou. We're going to talk about the art of communication, one of my favorite subjects, because it seems like it has broken down considerably with this virtual world and this electronic devices and and uh, artificial intelligence, the V2V conversation has changed. The language has changed. The way that we talk to one another, we talk to our spouse, we talk to our business partners, the way that we write, it's, it's a lot. And Grace comes with a lot of experience because she Uh, Her background is in speech pathology. So I want to talk to her about that and human design. So all of these we're going to put uh, in a nice container and serve it up to you. Welcome her to the show. How are you, Grace? Um, Well, thank you, April, for inviting me onto your Hello Brains podcast show. I'm looking so forward to speaking to you and to the brains out there. Well, you know, our brains need it because I just was in a kerfuffle. (laughs) That's a nice word, brains, for a disagreement with uh, someone that has taken over the Facebook page for our homeowners association. And he has taken it as his platform to be disgruntled. He's eliminated the board members. And I'm like, how can you have an informed conversation, make an informed decision, rational decision, if you don't have complete information? And that is the breakdown in the communication. I find is that people are just so one-sided. They want you to assimilate uh, to what they want and don't want to give you any flexibility or any bandwidth. What's your position on that, Grace? So I think what happens is a lot of people don't really truly understand the definition of communication. You know, what happens is a lot of people just think, oh, communication is just an exchange of information. I have something to say, you have something to say, and we're just exchanging information. But communication is beyond that. There's energy behind communication. Mm. The words that you speak, the body language, your tone of voice, your facial expressions, hand gestures, all of that all plays a part because it's not just about exchanging of information. Yes, you are exchanging some information, like you know, you're exchanging some words so that the person can kind of understand what you're saying, right? right? However, there's energy behind what you are saying because when you're sending off your message, the person's also feeling into the message. They're feeling into the message by the words you're using, by your body language, facial expressions, your hand gestures, all of that. So, you know, I think everybody just needs to step back and just 
understand really what communication is all about. It's about your words. It's about the energy that creates the feeling. And everybody also has their personality. And right. so with your personality, you got it. You know, everybody has their own personality. Everybody's different. So it's also understanding the personality and then aligning your personality to who you are. Because you hear the, the term all the time, nonverbal communication. That's right. <laughs> what does that mean when you're nonverbal brains? It's your touch. Sometimes it's your smell. Sometimes it's your, you know, your body language, the eye contact, lack of eye contact, closed body language. So yes, there are, and thank you for, um, for really defining that for people because that's huge. How did you find yourself, uh, number one, being drawn to being a speech pathologist, and then we'll springboard into human design and more into the communication aspect? Well, actually, I kind of landed on speech pathology in a very odd way. So, you know, I grew up in a background with my parents being Asians, and I grew up in a Western culture. So in a Western culture, it's okay to be assertive. Like your the teachers, you know, they wanted me to like share with them what I was thinking, what I wanted to do. And then when I went home, it wasn't the case. My parents already had plans for me. So I, you know, it was a different set of rules. So what was okay for me to be assertive and, you know, the school environment, the Western culture, it was not okay in the Eastern culture. So what happens is in the Eastern culture, parents, what do they want their kids to be? Doctors, engineers, scientists, all of that. So I had a plan of becoming a pharmacist, right? Well, the year that I went into the university was the year that they decided to change the program, where instead, before you didn't need to take physics, that year, everybody had to take physics. So I never took physics before, can't, to, still to this day, I don't understand physics, all right? Mm -hmm. So let's just say I was not doing well, and I was like going, you know what, I don't think pharmacy is it. And I really didn't have a plan of what to do next. So all I can say is I went to the career services, wrote down all the majors, wrote down everything that it was out there. My friend <laughs> and my trusted psychic decided to take this opportunity to make it really big and said, okay, you know what? I got a dart. I got a dart board here. We're putting it all on the board. And then you just throw your three darts and you just choose a major from one of that. <laughs> So I threw the darts and it just happened to one of the majors that I landed on was speech language pathology, looked it up, see what it was all about. It was like, hey, all right, I got to work in a medical field, you know, all that. So that will please the mom and dad. And then, you know, the next part of it was like, hey, communication. You know what? I've been dealing with communication all my life. I want to help people to be able to communicate. And then that's with speech language pathology, I was helping people with neurological disorders, developmental delays right. to communicate. So I have to say all my life, all my path is always has been about communication. And because, well, you know, you have such a bubbly personality. I mean, really, so I don't know how they could have bottled that in, even if they tried. <laughs> Thanks, April. It, yes, it's really great. So you took that communication, but you took it a step further. 
uh, well, speech pathology. You took it a step further and then you jumped into human design and you incorporated the communication element. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. Yes. So coming across with people and everything, what I noticed that everybody has different personality, right? There, you got some people that are so passionate and so motivated. They're just like going, yes, they want to share everything. I call them the fireballs because they got fire in them and they want to share. And then you have what we I call the nurturers that love to guide people, support people, give the step-by-step -step process. And then I have what you call the diplomatic people. They're the ones that have ideas and they're also willing to listen to other people's ideas. And they also understand that each person has his or her own ideas and opinions. They're just willing to share and to listen and just to find the right balance. And then you got the humorous. Now the humorous people, you know what? They love to lighten up the mood. When something gets really um, deep, like a deep discussion or something that's really heavy, what do they wanna do? They wanna to try to lighten up the mood with a little bit of a joke or a little bit of a humor into it. And so, excuse me, you've got all these different personalities, right? And then you have, and your personality comes really from your motivation, innate motivation, outside influences, all backgrounds, all these different factors. But then there is somebody of who you are, somebody that, you know, when you are, when you were born, this is who you are. And that's the human design part. So with the human design, you have the different types. You got the reflectors, the generators, manifesting generators, the uh, projectors. So um, projectors and the manifestors. So you have all these different type of people. And so what happens is a lot of the times you have a certain personality, but, and you have the, your human design, but if you're not working in alignment with your personality and the human design, there might be a disconnect. Mm. So when you find that there is a disconnect, is that something that you can learn to incorporate or is that just a defect? Because so here's some the, people, yeah, I mean, again, like you have the reflector or the projector versus the manifester, you know, that's a lot going on. Right. So I'm going to just do A and B. So that way it's really clear. Okay. okay. So we're going to call person A, Alice and person B, Betty, for example. I'm All right. Down. Alice and Betty. Okay. Alice and Betty. So Alice and Betty are both their personality is much of the nurturer, right? They love to give support. They love to give guidance, all that good stuff. Now, let's say uh, Alice is, her human design is the manifester, all right? And then you got Betty, who is a generator or a manifesting generator, all right? So both of them, because they're, they're nurturers, they love to give advice. They love to give some of the, their opinions to help the person out. But what happens, right? You got uh, Alice, who's the manifester. She can initiate her advice and opinions and is well taken. But Betty, who also uh, loves to give advice and opinions, but when she does it, it's not well received because mm -hmm. she's a manifesting generator and a generator. Because manifestor, manifesting generators and generators, their design is that they have to wait for to respond. So in other words, they have to wait for the person to come to them 
and ask them, hey, what, what would you do in this situation? So when they wait for the person to say, hey, what, what would you do in this situation? And then they offer the advice or opinion, it's going to be more well-received. Now, the reason wait, wait, Alice- wait, 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 it's gonna be, okay. All right, all right, no, I got it, I got it, all right. Because Alice, who's a manifester, she, manifestors can initiate, right? They, they, they're over, they're, their design is that they can initiate. So uh, for Alice, because she's a nurturer and she's a manifester, she can initiate her opinions and advice without any problems. So you just have to correlate and align your personality to the human design. Okay, so now I have a friend that tried to turn me on to this years ago and I didn't read the book. Nope. I hope she's not listening to the show, <laughs> but, I, but I get it now. So it's not like, and I'm not trying to create a parallel, but I'm just trying to get uh, my brains to understand that have never done the deep dive into this. It's not like a Myers-Briggs. It's not trying to understand what your personality type is in alignment with maybe a, a career. This is more a human design of how you are intricately designed as a human being and how you take these character traits um, and not, we're all not perfect. So we can say flaws, but how you can color in the white space. You can find out where, again, Alice, her manifesting is not the same as Betty's manifesting and what are those contributing factors? Am I getting that right? Right. So, um, so with the meta, so what happens is that even though they both have that same personality, they just have to do it a little bit differently. That mm -hmm. kind of that aligns with their human design. Okay. All right. So how do how do we tap into that outside of working with a brilliant coach like you? But how do we tap into that and use it to our benefit? And I don't like to use the word manipulate, but I don't mean manipulate in a negative kind of way because you have to edit and filter and shift. And, you know, you're going to have to do some of that. How do we incorporate that in our lives once we know what our human design pattern or mode is? Can we change it? Can we alter it? So... I get that question a lot. Can we alter our human design? The answer is no. And you don't want to alter who you are, right? You okay. just you just need to work smarter, right? How they say don't work harder, work smarter, right? Okay. So you can work smarter using your human design. Now you know like what your uh, authority is, your strategy is, all that. Now you just work it to your advantage, mm. right? So in other words, like with Betty, She's a nurturer. She wants to give support, but she now knows, hey, I just wait for that person to come to me. And when that person comes to me and I have that advice, I have that information to share, then I'll share it. And that way it will be well-received. That way it will be heard. And, you know, the person will be like, oh, I like that advice. Or I didn't think about that, right? But you don't We're come off overly aggressive or pushy and trying to make someone do something like, you know, that's not, a, that's not necessarily the best strategy for an influencer is to be pushy and aggressive. Because right. 
you had okay that makes sense that right because that's that's betty that's who she is right now where with alice because she's a manifester she can be that bit of that pushy you know person to support that person because that is in her design to do that so as long as each person is working with an alignment of who they are with their human design and personality it's always going to mesh up well so then it takes away some of that frustration of why they're not being heard or understood or you know not seeing right. and all that other stuff because once when they're working with their human design in alignment, right, it's aligned with their personality. Now it's going to be more powerful for them where they are going to be seen, heard and understood. That's wonderful because also what people have to do is they have to show up as a good listener. If you're not paying attention to the other individuals that are in the room, and if you are really engaged and awakened, uh, and conscious to what human design is, you can kind of read the patterns of other individuals and fill in those gaps to where they might be missing or use that strategically for your advantage to say, hey, you know what? This person might be a little aggressive. Maybe I want to sit back a little bit. Or this person is a little bit more shy and subdued. Maybe I want to be a little bit more, uh, out, you know, not outspoken, but you know, deliver my message a little bit more strongly, it might be more well-received. This person might be shy. So if you are in alignment and understand human design, it can really be a great benefit and a, a, a great strategic partner. Right, Grace? That's right, April. You got it. <laughs> I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it for sure. Now, how do people start to understand and gauge what human design where they align in that? I mean, is there like a, a survey, a course, a, a teaching? How do you do the deep dive with that? So anybody can get a free um, human design report, right? Because they, they, you just give, type in your information in and what have you, and they'll pull it up. However, if you want to really understand how to use the human design along with your personality, and understand like how and when to communicate for you, for the brains out there, right? Then hiring a communication expert will help you to do more of a deeper dive of really understanding what it is that you can do to really hone in on your communication, really make it as effective and make it as easy for you as possible, no matter who you're speaking with. Well, you know what? And I say this with love. You are so damn perky. <laughs> no, and I say that because body language is key. And I'm speaking to my African-American sisters right now. You know, we will go into a situation and we will give you that side eye. We will move the neck. We will do this. We will do, you know, all this. People assume that that is an aggressive personality. That is a way that we are like, you know, no nonsense or I'm really engaged when somebody leans in and they look at you or they smile when you're trying to flirt with them, all these type of things. Give us some tips on how to best manage that, not to have so much of a poker face, but to really kind of check ourselves so that when we're communicating in a situation that we don't come off hostile or aggressive or maybe, you know, mealy mouse. 
what's a what was a good poker face? Well, here's the thing. It depends on what environment you are, you are in, right? So if you are in an environment with your other um, people, like your tribe, so to speak, right? It could be um, Asian American, African American, anybody, right? right? If you are in with your own tribe, use the body language <laughs> that feels comfortable, right? Because right. they understand. They understand it, right? But when you are going out out of, out of that tribe right and you're going out into something that is different see what other people are doing and i don't mean to say you know you're just staring at them and stuff but look a little bit of what body language they are using mm. and you know if they're using a certain body language and you want to establish a rapport with that person you know they always say like you um when you uh, mirror somebody sometimes, right? In dating and everything, it's kind of like form of flattery, right? Because you're right. showing of an interest. So when you are in, in a different environment, then of course, you know, if you see somebody that you want to establish rapport, just do a little bit of a same kind of um, hand gesture or if they're smiling, smile back, right? Mm -hmm. uh, everybody loves a smile, right? It lightens up the room and lightens you up. So whatever the body language is there and you want to establish rapport, just kind of have the same um, kind of the uh, facial expression or body language. Well, but you know what, Grace, that could be hard too because you look at women now in a male-dominated environment, big boardrooms, and she might be the only person in a skirt in that room. People don't want to, or should I say, do we want to, again, we don't want to take on a masculine persona because, you know, I like my feminine essence to show. I like the softer side of me or that negotiating part to show. So I get what you're saying, but sometimes you are in situations where it's difficult to mimic what the others around you are doing you know, we'll, we'll say, you know, gender. So in that case, I, I would think just being a good listener and a, and a good observer, like you say, you may not necessarily be able to take on some of the characteristics that these other people are doing, but try to find your comfort zone. Allow a little bit of your personality to shine. It could lighten up the room. You know, your personality could make other people smile. You could make them laugh. You know, you don't want to be stoic and, and kind of stone-faced. Would you agree? I would agree. And also posture. If anything else, make sure you're standing up nice and tall, right? Because mm -hmm. when you stand up nice and tall, you just naturally feel that confidence. And when you feel that confidence, your personality will shine through. So if anything, make sure you have a really good posture. Okay, a good posture. And, you know... And choose your words carefully. Think before you speak, brains, because you could overtalk yourself or you could, you know, be too quiet and not say enough. But I want to ask some fun questions about you. Can we change the subject a little bit? Because you seem like a fun kind of girl. Okay. Absolutely. So now, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, Grace Lou, what appliance would you be and why? I would be the kettle because I love my coffee and tea. That is wonderful. You know, and again, you 
you're could spout off, you know, or you could just steep. So I, I get that. I get that. I think today I would probably be the refrigerator. I just want to chill. <laughs> if you were a flower in the garden, what flower would you be? A rose. A rose. Why? Because actually my Chinese name represents a rose. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. If you could time travel, past, present, future, where would you land? Oh my goodness. Um, any, I, I don't know where I want, would want to land or when I would want to land, what year or anything, but I just want to land at a beach. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's nice and calm. Any, any beach that's nice and calm because it's snowing right now. So I would love to go anywhere where there's a beach. <laughs> Can you offer some suggestions or advice to parents that are dealing with their children that are stuck in the in the device and are not communicating? That's a, you know, it's it's how do we how do we welcome that? Because it's not going away. But how do we engage in that as a parent? Well, it also we have to also look at the parents. Like when the parents are talking to their children, are the parents also looking down on their phone or looking on the computer screen? right? Because a lot of the times children copy what parents are doing. Right. So, you know, for parents, just be really mindful. If a kid is coming to you, put that phone down, you know, talk, talk to your kids, listen to your kids. And a lot of the times what happens is, you know, I, and I have to say that I'm really bad at sometimes doing this too, is, you know, how many times do we talk to somebody when they're engaged in something else? right? They're watching a show or watching a game or watching something or doing something. And my it, husband is watching <laughs> Blue Bloods and it's like, baby, have, haven't you seen every one of those episodes? And he's like, uh, 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 I'm like, okay. And then this is when you want to talk to them, right, right. right? And then a lot of times they're like, going, okay, okay, I got it. I got it. And really, because they just want to shoot you away, right? They're trying to make you leave so they can hear their show so they can pay attention to what they're doing, right? So a lot of the times, if it's really, really important, just call their name and say, I need your attention, turn off the TV, you know, make sure that you speak to them, mm -hmm. right? And then they have, and then, you know, make sure, you know, they can paraphrase or what have you so that you know that they got the information. Okay. That's okay? good. All right. So um, when you are in a situation where you don't know anybody in the room, your networking event. What's a great icebreaker? What is a great way to to walk up and meet someone that you've been, you know, studying from afar? But what is a great way to go up to them and say, "Hey, hi." <laughs> so here's the thing: after you say hi, think of a question and uh, think of an open-ended question to ask them. Mm. So ask a who, what, where, why, how, when type of question, you know, like where are you from or why me, what made you decide to come to this networking event? Or if you see something that you like that they're wearing, where did you get that? <laughs> you know? Um, so, cause when you do, when you, cause everybody likes, likes to talk about themselves, right? Who doesn't like to share something about them, right? So I know I do, and I'm sure all the brains out there do, right? Right, right, and right. So, you know, ask a open-ended question because 
they'll answer back and they'll ask you an open-ended question. And before you know it, you're having this back and forth conversation. <laughs> and, and you know what? That is really good because they can't just say yes, no, and shut you down. They are going to engage with you. Well, you have been a wealth of information. Thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for explaining human design. I'm going to go in, I'm going to take the, you know, the survey and uh, probably circle back around and see how I can connect with you on a deeper level. But tell my brains how they can reach out to you, work with you and grow uh, in discovering who they are and the best way to utilize their personality and their communication skills. Right. So if you are interested out there, right, all your brains out there, if you're interested to find out your communication style, you can take the quiz on my website. It's gracesolutions.com. Okay, gracesolutions.com. Correct. We're going to put that at the back of the interview. Is that a way also to contact you if they want to work? It is. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm looking so forward to it because this was very interesting. I felt uh, engaged. I was excited. Again, your personality, your body language really kept me on the edge of my seat. And I appreciate that. From a former Toastmaster, I give a lot of speeches. So I connect with the audience that way. And I do pretty good one-on-one. -on -one, but you can always improve your skills and your communication style if you know who you are and your human design. Thank you so much, Grace, for being here on The Edge Brains. Go in and check it out. You don't know what you don't know, and this will definitely sharpen your knife. We want you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Leave a comment if you have a question for Grace. Again, she's a communication expert. She will definitely be able to engage with you, uh, answer your questions, give you advice. And if there's something that she doesn't know, then that's an opportunity for all of us to grow. Thank you so much, Grace. You are the best. Thank you, April. Bye, Brains. Have a good day.